Welcome back to the fourth and final episode of our GC podcast. We've been taking a look at the 16 teams that will be competing in the 2022 Global Champions League season. My name is Mark Lewis. I'm alongside Sam Watson from Equiratings and Frederick DeBacca, who you know all too well. And right in the beginning of episode one, I explained that there was no favoritism whatsoever that we would be breaking down these teams in alphabetical order. And then it was pointed out to me by Sam and Frederick that in episode three, we did Paris Panthers, Rome Gladiators, Scandinavian Vikings and Shanghai Swans. And then somehow I had Prague Lions in episode four. Um, so anyone that has finished at least the first two years of school will realize the mistake that I've made. So I do apologize, not only to Prague Lions, but to everyone listening that I cannot spell or know the alphabet. Prague Lions do indeed technically fall into episode three, and I messed that up. They are featuring now in episode four, the fourth and final, as I mentioned, Stockholm Hearts, Sandra Pirates, Prague Lions, and Falkensvart United. Those are our four remaining teams, and arguably one of the most exciting groups to come out of this podcast series. And in order to recorrect my alphabet error, maybe I should put Prague Lions at the top of this episode. It's still wrong, because there are men of feature above Scandinavian Vikings and Shanghai Swans. So if you'll allow me to try and redeem myself slightly to make the error less glaring, I'll move Prague Lions up. Four of the top five teams on on, on this on our forecasting, on the echo ratings numbers, four of the top five teams in the league coming here in, in this episode. So what a, what a show we've got. So could it be that Mark Lewis intentionally yes. manipulated the list to I make this final it's episode. That's ex exactly so what exciting. I did. I manipulated it and I made it so that the fourth and final episode would be the most exciting by putting together this wonderful lineup. So that would, if if Stan would, uh, if Stan would make a statistic of you, you would go from below average intelligence to super intelligence <laughs> by doing that. It'll be the first time in my life, which is amazing. So yeah. if I may bring Prague Lions up. Sergio Moya, who we know had a wonderful LGCT season last year, winning the Grand Prix in Berlin, going on to uh, do very well in the Super Grand Prix in Prague. Leopold von Asten, Niels Brainseals, the winner in Doha for the LGCT Grand Prix in the first event of last year. Uh, Peter DeVos comes into the team, big inclusion for them, a lot for him to redeem himself after an indifferent 2021, uh, Anna Kalnarova and the very exciting Brian Mogray as the under-25 rider. That is the makeup of the Prague Lions for 2022. Um, Frederick, you also were very excited by Brian Mogray coming in, and we've spoken a lot about some of the very talented under-25 riders, so maybe we'll get into Moyer and Van Asten and Brain Seals and DeVos later. Brian Mogray, let's start with him. The excitement around him, the hype around him, the talent, what's available to him. What are your thoughts on Brian Mogray? Um, I think the hype is right um, and justified. He's uh, extremely funny, by the way, on social media. <laughs> Do you follow him on uh, on Instagram? You should. He's, he's, he's quite there. I don't have an Instagram account, Frederick. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only so much time that you can that you can crunch numbers, raise two children, and uh, and ride horses. But now, now, so now you make yourself sound like a nerd, which you are not. <laughs> so you don't have Instagram, no, really. No, you've got no. Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've when was the last time that you that you visited your Facebook? I I I do the odd thing on Facebook, uh, just more to keep the sponsors happy. And I used to tweet really proper. I actually should probably delete my Twitter account because <laughs> it was highly <laughs> offensive and inappropriate. But that I, was I did I did read ago. a thing once that said you will never find a more unrecognizable character than your former self on social media when you go back on your various accounts and you realize just how stupid and young and idiotic you were back in your earlier days. But certainly not the case here with uh, the two of you around. But uh, you can enjoy Brian Rogue right now. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about him because we, we, we're joking about our <laughs> stupid younger selves. Here is a very talented, exciting young man, Brian Mogray. Sam, there's huge excitement around him. Tell me why, seemingly justified, people are so excited about Brian Mogray. Uh, to, to correct myself before somebody says, oh, you said... No, um, Brian Mogray and Balou de Reventon are a super exciting combination. It's fantastic. The strength is the weakness because it's Balou de Reventon and Brian Mogri. And then the question is, and, and what is next now? There is, there is, there is Gelano. Gelano, a horse stepping up to uh, meter 60 classes now, just now, doing that just now. 
Um, but it's one trick pony is the wrong word, but but it's it's Brian Mulgrew and Baludo Reventon. It's a superstar rider and a superstar horse. The end. So far, do the numbers back up the claim of superstar status? Yeah. So so we haven't seen Brian and and, and Balu in 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 GC. Um, so when we look at them last season to to get a feel of their current form. We go, we go to the, those those five star one sixties like we were talking about King Edward and we were talking about Explosion, and I said Explosion was ten clears from seventeen rounds, Balu was ten clears from fourteen rounds. This horse is clinical. This horse is doing it in the five star shows at the one sixty level. So so top top class combination, and this horse also so that is that's Brian and and gelling with Balu de Reventon, but um, that horse has GC history. And he was sandwiched between, I think, Clooney and Explosion mm-hmm. in the in the Super Fifteen yeah. GCT Super final. Yeah, 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 back in back in twenty nineteen. So, um, this horse is is one of the best horses in the world, uh, and this young rider has has gelled with him and is performing with the best, amongst the best, and beating the best. So, from a breeder's perspective, the Balou de Reventon is the real deal. It happens with Derek Kenny, who is an enormous enormous rider but it also happens with the up-and-coming talented brian mogri so the the quality of the horse is is there it's natural um and then um the the, the risk the strength could also be the weakness they just have to make sure that they don't let the weakness come out um, team management and that they play him to his strength that when he's there he's well surrounded maybe the gelado horse also comes up to speed um you don't find a, a Balou de Reventon at uh, every corner of the street, um, but they will have to manage manage it really well so he can show his true talent. Let, let's talk horsepower for Prague Lines, because whilst there is horsepower for some of these riders, I, I question and I hope that you will inform me just how much they have, because we know very well of Sergio Moya's season yet, last year and the exploits of him and Alamo. Very good season, but there was huge talk around the lack of other five-star horses around him. Uh, Niels Seals, another LGCT Grand Prix winner with Deluxe. Again, very, very good combination. But from those two riders in particular, and then broaden it around the team, Frederick, they are star horses in this team. But tell me if any of these riders have stables full of top quality horses that they can alternate week in and week out. That is, um, yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, in, inside this team uh, with with Moya now bringing up a horse called Malibu de Muse is now 10 um, and is, is competing at 1 meter 6 11 doing that successfully good uh, stints already out in, in Wellington in, in 4 and 3 star Grand Prix um, so there's Alamo there's Malibu and I think then it 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 kind of comes that to that could be enough too to yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 100% for, because Alamo can perform and did perform in some of those toughest in some of those toughest um classes you know low clear rates and alamo could could produce the goods um and then malibu maybe goes for for some of the um some of the the easier um ones if if such a thing exists but it it does a little bit on on paper you can see some trends there um and two is i think that's i think that's enough um particularly when you can when you have when you talk about when you when you're going to use uh, Balu de Reventon, you're going to use them on Saturdays because you have two of not just the best round one uh, riders here in GC history, but two of the most um, it, the the two most biased riders between the difference between their round one rate and their round two rate are Peter DeVos and Leopold van Asten. They, Sorry, they're, they're the, in in GC history. These two riders jump clear twice as effect twice as uh, twice the clear rate in round one than they do in round two so they're better on the first day than on the second day yeah and it's and it's so that they're, they're the two riders in you know when you're looking at uh, at gc history you're looking at nearly 100 riders mm-hmm. and these two have the biggest differential between their round one and their round two how do you exploit that then as a team? Because there's there's two ways to look at that. One is the fact that they're very successful in round one. So do you as a team ensure that these two feature in round one? 
or is there a negative perspective on that that you don't have riders that can perform for you over two rounds? Um, Global Champions League is a, is a new concept since 2016. We didn't have a 2020 season, so it's always difficult to understand. And I think what, what Sam brings to the table is super interesting. So now you have to go back and look at the situations that they were put in. What, when did they not perform in round two, when they did perform in round one? What happened there? Um, did they go in with uh, a certain ambition? Was there team management that said, okay, boys, we've jumped clear in four, now let's go for the win? and be competitive or um, did they did they go in with the wrong game plan or with the wrong approach wrong ambition to win or should they have consolidated so that's I think it's super interesting I don't have the answer to it um, but it's it's a remarkable trend cannot can they not handle the pressure um, were they over ambitious under ambitious I don't know but it's 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 just it's just over such big you know Peter DeVos you're talking 44 round ones 25 clears that's 57% strike rate it's it's huge it's it's um it's right up there with Harry Smolders and Jerome Gurry and Marcus Enning is 58% so so he's right up there with the best but the strike rate drops to 35% for round 2 for and and over a huge number of of rounds 46 rounds but only 16 clears in round 2 so it's it's a big sample Van Aston is is pretty similar you know 38 rounds in round one that's a big quantity 19 clears exactly 50 percent way above average and he's half that he's he's 32 rounds in round two and only eight clears it's down to 25 percent it's a big difference and it's a big sample so something's happening maybe maybe that's that's horsepower that's maybe they're using as you say you have to analyze deeper are they using the same horse on both for both rounds and, and they're running out of petrol are they switching horses um, you know, what but that is a worrying trend for this team because it's one thing for us to to identify multiple teams that might have something like that. If we're identifying a recurring trend for riders in the same team, that never bodes well for a Saturday for Prague Lions. So, so, so the Vos comes from Central Bay Pirates. He was their number one man in 2019. He took him. He literally led them in 2019 to, um, and I have to be careful, to second place just behind London Knights um, and they were beaten by three points in the championship. Oh, that's heartbreaking. So, and I think that the Vos there contributed both in first and second round. So that would mean, I think, that in um, 2021, he has to have produced a, a, a horrible second round uh, score or, or, or rate. Um, so it's bizarre because the Vos both in twenty in 2019, led the team to second place in the championship and was second in the LGCT championship behind Ben Meer. What a, listen to these numbers for 2019 from DeVos. This is, this is for a rider. 14 rounds in round one, 13 clears. Jeez. That, like 93% so, efficiency so for, for a rider. And, and he was nine from 15 in the second round. So as you say, he was still operating 60% in, in, in 2019. So he was really high. His problem was actually a lot before 2019. He was one clear from 11 back in 2017. He was only, okay, four clears from 11 is, is getting towards average. Uh, two clears from seven last year is pretty disappointing. So let me, let, let's turn it the other way around because I'm praising him for his 2019 season. Yeah. Are you then, that, and I have to be careful because the force is a good friend of mine, but... Um, does that mean that 2019 was an exceptional season mm. above expectation? It was incredible. I mean, I don't where was the anomaly? Was was 2019 the exception, or was 2021 the exception? No, I I, I think it's it's fair to say. Um, that, well, 19 is an exception, but it's so exceptional. Like that would be an exception for Ben Mayer. for anybody. Or Harry yeah, Smol- yeah. You know, that would be an exception for anyone. Um, his his worst season is is way in the past twenty seventeen. Okay, you know yeah. that was the most disappointing season. Just just three clears from twenty two rounds, uh, and things change. Uh, and he has been unlucky last year. Uh, mm. Apart in uh, in London, Claire for the Olympics has been a, some bumps in the road for him. But that's a great ins- you would you wouldn't have found that twenty nineteen without without digging like that because and what a what a season it was 22 clears overall from 29 runs incredible last year was four from 13 which is just you as i say you, you can't afford to be normal in this league mm. 
Where does that leave frog nice lines? For it's, it's there's, there's, line. the, That's, there's, your, there's the headline. <laughs> there's your headline. You cannot afford to be normal in the GCL. Um, where does it leave prog lines from a forecast point of view, an expectation point of view? Because I've heard some very strong teams find themselves mid-table, so I worry about an overall expectation for prog lines. Well, we, we have to put it back into, into context here because he does have... Um, Peter DeVos, who we're talking about, has a couple of, of strong horses there. Niels Brunsels uh, has a couple of strong horses. Leopold Van Aston has... Okay, he's he's maybe not at the strongest we've been, but we've talked about Brian Mogray having a superstar. We're talking about Moya with Alamo and another horse coming coming yeah. uh, up behind him. So this, this team ranked fifth on our projection. That is a really high projection. Yeah. I was not expecting Prog Lines to be as high as fifth. And again... Just to clarify for anyone that may not have listened to episode one, two, or three just yet, the whole point of the forecast is that Sam and is trying his best to, to use what data is available to him to, to make these forecasts, but that is an incredibly high prediction. Okay, here I come. Um, so I, I cheer for Istanbul Sultans. Um, I, Soft spot for New York Empire. New York Empire. I hope the best for Can Stars and... Um, when Sam says, oh, I'm afraid they're going to be at the lower end, I, I look for positives. Here I have to say, I, I, in your rating, I think, for example, um, which horses did you include for brand sales? Is Gantia de Muse still in? Because she yes. she retired. That's 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 a that's a, yeah. b- a big loss for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we look at the, we look at the top twelve horses for each team. Yeah. So and that will be one that will be one of the ones that drops out. Um, so a suggestion that maybe, and not to, to, to put shade on the forecast, but maybe no, no, just no. to update it, as Frederick has correctly yeah, yeah. done, just to update it, that f- maybe five is is now just seemingly a little overshot. I, but I even if, if, it if, drops if they make five, which is possible, eh? because because I also have to say, I don't think that Gansia jumped all that much last year in, uh, in 2021 on Global Champions League. Sam, have you got something on there? I've, I'm looking. No, but I'm I'm looking. You asked me earlier uh, on one of the earlier episodes about we've talked about Berlin Eagles overperforming. We talked about Madrid in motion, um, New York Empire underperforming. Last year we project we projected two two nine points, two hundred twenty nine points for Prague Lines. They got two hundred twenty eight point five. No, so they they were the closest. <laughs> bang to, on, uh, bang to, uh, on. And and I think that that is a. That that's a positive, you know, because I, I think where you've you you like to see and I think this is where people are entitled to an opinion and people will have a, an opinion. Do you like a team like Berlin Eagles that have overperformed? Are you always gonna fear a team like New York Empire who have underperformed? For me, I think that variance is much more likely to recalibrate itself. I would I would fear. I would say that I think Berlin Eagles won't finish as high as they did last season. I think New York Empire will do better, but because Prague Lions were there in sixth place, they were knocking on the door. Um, in a way that that top four gap did become evident last year, but they're knocking on the door, and 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 they could. I think they. I think they. Brian Mogray will need to be that star, and Alamo will need to see Alamo more. But they could go top four because last year I, I say, did you have? Um, or I ask you, do you have Gansha in the in the list? But Gansha only competed one round last year and went for four faults. Um, and it was also Frenchie um, with Niels. Frenchie jumped eight and four, so Frenchie didn't really contribute. Frenchie isn't there either anymore uh, w- with Niels. So um, yeah, that makes your prediction actually more. Uh, I was. Either way, I, I was looking for for a way to take it down, and I th- I thought I had it, mm. but I don't. So it makes sense. And let's not forget um, that your the prediction of last year was really accurate by half a point, um, and that they missed out on better mm. because they missed out on podiums. Either way, it's an incredibly how, how many times did they finish fourth? F- five times, I yeah. think. So just missed out. Yeah. 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 Either way, it's an incredibly strong yep. forecast for them, and maybe for a team that on many people's radar, would not be seen as, as a potential top four, five, six finisher. So Prog Lions, definitely a team to look out for as far as the ratings are concerned. That brings us to arguably the most exciting team to talk about, maybe because it's new, maybe because it's fresh, maybe it's because of the makeup of the team. And I hope my alphabet is right now. I think Stockholm Hearts is next. By this point of the show, I'll just 
we can't wait any longer. Yeah, we, we will. I will just pretend that it is. So Stockholm Hearts is the next team to discuss. New team for 2022. The Philip Hearts brothers, Nicola and Olivia, come in. Marlon Bajonsson and her Swedish and, I assume, making words up now, friend, Peter Fredriksson, the star of the show for 2021, going on to, to, to so heroically help Falcons Vart United to the GCL title in 2021. The two Lilies, Keenan and Atwood, coming in. Atwood is the under-25 rider. We spoke earlier in the series about organic relationships and manufactured relationships, and seldom do teams have the choice. You put together what team will best suit you. But Frederick, from an organic relationship perspective and the importance of those relationships and understandings in a successful GCL team, to have Marlon and Peda, who know each other incredibly well, to have the two Philip Hearts brothers who've ridden together for years, the organic makeup of this team and the, the talent that is put together for this team. I praised Paris earlier on very, very heavily. Is this potentially the only other team that should be treated at that level of excitement, of expectation? Um, that's a difficult one. Uh, uh, yes, yes. We have to be excited. I, we, we've mentioned it, uh, I don't know if it was this or the previous podcast, about the, the 33 or the 31 or the 30% chance to win the championship. Um, the names say it all, the horses say it all, uh, the potential is there. We have to be uh, super, yeah, we have, yeah, you have to be super excited. Yeah. Sam, seeing the composition of this team, knowing Olympic medalists and Super Cup winners and exciting under 25 talents, new branding, new team, new logo. I mean, does this come together as the fairy tale team of, of 2022? It's, I would say, more biblical than fairy tale. When, biblical. When, biblical. When, yeah, when Noah built an ark, oh. he, he, he put them in on two by twos. And, and this team has been assembled two oh. by two because God said, I need two lilies. <laughs> I need two Swedish gold medal superstars and I need two Philip Hearts brothers. And and that's what this team has, and I, I I joke, but there's a few there's a few things here that you have to to take into account. How effective, and in a way, I think underrated the Philip Arts brothers can be. Anyone but, who watched the Super Cup mm -hmm. last year will know they're not under. I mean, how, you, you saw them in action. Yeah, they are the furthest thing from from underrated. In fact, they stole the show at the Super Cup last year. Yeah, but that's in our eyes. So so so, what do you mean? Well, when, when, when we're talking about, I think if you go out and you ask people for the, the sort of the top five uh, performers, you, you guys have your, have your GC bias, but if you talk for the sort of top five riders in the world, they're not going to, you know, you have, because mm -hmm. you, your Fredricksons, your Doysers, your Ben Mayers, your Scott Brashes, they steal the, the headlines and they steal the big Grand Prix wins an awful lot. I know the Philip Parts brothers have, have that, but they have, for example, uh, H&M Legend of Love has the third best ever GC season with nine clears from 10 runs back in 2018. Um, that's a huge contribution to the, to the GC team. And, and again, what they did in, in those Prague playoffs, um, I think Katanga was, uh, along with winning good, actually, and Emily Moffat, they were, they were the two best performers in that, in that final. Um, they love GC. I think that's when you see them at their best. So I think they are, they're more than, than solid midfielders, you know, more than, oh yeah, good, good riders in the same way. Cause you, you can rattle off and, and we've been through all of these teams and, and you're Neil Brunsels and you're Peter DeVos, you know, there's an awful lot of talent here. And what I would say is caution against letting the Philippines brothers just morph into just being another, another good rider or another top class rider. I think when it comes to GC, they're exceptional. But from what you're saying and from what we know of their previous performances, regardless of whether it be for London Knights, but just to, to focus on it, I think the way I view that is that in the two Philippos brothers, you have two riders that have the ability to win a GCL leg on their own. So we spoke earlier about Paris Panthers again because I'm finding the connections between the two. We spoke about the luxury that Rob Hoekstra has when it comes to, to personnel. What does it say if you have Olivia and Nicola Philippots who can win you a GCL title and you don't even have to call on Peter Fredrickson? You don't even have to call on Marlon Bardjonsson for the weekend. Imagine having the luxury to say, you two can ride Miami. Take a rest for Doha because 
not only do you have, and again, I don't mean substitutes as in fill-ins, I mean you have alternative choices in your team. What a luxury to have that these two men have the ability to win a GCL event and you don't even have to call upon the big Swedes to do anything yet. Yeah, yes, but that's... Um, hmm. I understand, but is are we looking at it because they are brothers and because we put them together? Um, or... Um, because they are both Belgian, of course, obviously also brother. Uh, no, 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 but I, I, what I, what I want to come to is it makes sense, but it's not the basis for long success. My, I'm looking at it from a depth point of view. My my point around this is if you take if you take Scott Brash as a name on the street, and you know huge huge reputation, and then you look at the GC. You know, like I was saying last year, one clear from six in round one last season. You're going, oh, mm-hmm. a little bit underwhelmed. The point with the Philippines brothers for me is, is is the opposite. Good name on the street, and I then I think it, you know, really exceptional, exceptional on, on, on the numbers in, in the GC. So that's so I think they love it. I think they really get into this 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 league, this format, how it goes, the the pressure they thrive under it. So I, I think they're going to be really strong. But yes, as a because on on numbers they aren't. They aren't Indiana. I've I've given you the third best season in GC history, which GCL history, which is H&M Legend and Love, um, nine clears from 10. I gave you the best, which was Explosion, 14 clears from 15 back in 2019. The second best was also 2019. It was 12 clears from 15, which was H&M Indiana, Malin Bayer-Johnson, who's also on this team. So Indiana, H&M Indiana, H&M all in, Catch me not S. Uh, so that's the the first is Malin Bayer Johnson's Olympic horse. The next two both for Peter Fredrickson. They're the superstars, really. You know, they they probably stand out as the superstars. And all I'm saying is that I think the Philippines are less than supporting acts yeah. to these. I think they can. I think that's. I think that's why they're so strong because it would be easy. And and we have to. We have to say. Well, what if? What does Malin Bayer Johnson, huge re- reputation, hugely successful rider, what, what does she look like without Indiana? And, and are we worried about the form of Indiana towards the end of last season uh, and just with age? And, and how much are we going to see H&M all in as well for Peter Fredrickson? Is he now relying much more on, on Catch Me Not Us? Now, he has, he has other firepowers that we'll get into his other horses as well. I'm not worried about Peter Fredrickson's depth. I am worried a little bit about Malin Bayer Johnson's depth. Because both um, H&M all in, um, H&M Indiana and El Baron haven't jumped since Prague. So literally put the season to bed and wake him up, I think around and about now and not even now. I think still a little bit later. They haven't jumped since. But then surely rust is a factor here? Yeah? Uh, um, uh, H&M all in. Didn't do, didn't do anything for a year. I remember him seeing um, him at uh, at Tops International Arena beginning of the season uh, when he just came out of uh, looked semi-retired. Um, he, he looked like me after Christmas, <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden, um, Fredrickson starts to work him the way he does that in his uh, in his Naturbal there in in, in in the forest at Grevelunda, and it starts to develop and it's there. So rust is. I understand, but it seems, yeah, of course, the, the, because uh, Olin is 16 in the meanwhile, and, and it will have an effect. And so Pedro will have to be selective with how and what and where and when. Um, but he has Hansen, he has H&M, yeah. Christian K. But it, just the fact that he hasn't done anything over the winter, just let them rest, let mm. them recover, mm. and let them be ready. I, I, I like that. It's a beautiful that. story. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I, I because I think, I think to be at, to be at top, to be <laughs> back to that line, you, you can't be normal uh, for GC. So so then we, we said we need to see horses at peak and we just know in any sport you can't be at peak for, for 12 months of the year. So mm-hmm. I like that idea to let them down. But then the question is, they look like they intend to start strong in Doha. Mm-hmm. Um, if Marlon's on the plane, you have to assume that Indiana is on the plane. Can we touch briefly on the two lilies? Keenan and Atwood, and just give yeah. some 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 feedback and some some numbers on them, just to 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 fill out the team and, and see what the remaining two members. We've spoken in depth on the Philippines brothers, and and we know all too well Bard Johnson and, and Fredrickson. What do the two Lilies bring to the team, Sam? 
And can but, they be called upon regularly if required? I think they will be called upon, but I I would say probably not regularly. I think we might see Lily Keenan a little bit more than we see Lily Atwood. Um Agana there for, for Lily Keenan is has has yeah. got a nice rating. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I and and more than more than capable of of jumping in in GC. Um, it's just a question of of whether they're going to remember now that you're you're talking about a team that's going to need to have a, a, a clear rate in around sixty percent. That's what they're going to be aiming for because if they can perform at that, they're going to win the league. Uh, and are those horses sixty percent clear rate horses at this top level? Um, that's going to be the question. Correct me if I'm wrong. When we spoke about Paris Panthers, you said that they had a 33% chance of winning it, I think you said. What is Stockholm Hearts? 34? 30 to 33, I think. That's it. Thir- yeah, that's it. Uh, so Stockholm have a 33%. 32%. Paris Panthers are actually... I, I rounded to make it easier. I thought 30 and 33 would be easier, but um, I may as well go into the... Now that we've, now that we've, we're comfortable enough to go into percentage mm-hmm. win chances, 29% for uh, Paris Panthers, 32%. But there's still very little in that. And very little. people are getting overexcited and, and putting a crown on Stockholm Hearts already. And by no means am I suggesting they won't win it because they may well and everyone will go, yep, well, told you so. But it does indicate that this is a lot tighter than people are. Again, numbers are tighter. There might be blowouts and eliminations and it might never happen. The competition we're thinking will. But the numbers suggest that this is far closer than we think. Insight in the brain. So, um, in my head, the title sounded better than it came out of my mouth. But anyway, um, for Stockholm Hearts in Doha, Olivier Philippard with H&M Legend of Love and Miro, Peter Fredriksson with H&M Christian K and Hansen, and Marlin Bayard Johnson with H&M Indiana and Harley Davidson. H&M Indiana hasn't, and I'm just going to make sure, Hasn't jumped. She jumped two classes after Prague in Stockholm for the Stockholm show in Sweden. I can imagine. Ever since, so that's since end of November. She hasn't jumped in December. Hasn't jumped in January. Hasn't jumped in February. Three months of no international jumping. Maybe we, we, of course, we we don't have a camera on her. So um, uh, Al Shakab is a two-week event. So it starts with the CHSI in Al Shakab, and then it's um, the start of the season, the opener at Launching Global Champions to Global Champions League. So we also know that HM Indiana, the more she jumps, the better she jumps. It it sounds mm. it sounds and risky and beautiful. Intriguing question before we move on to Santa Fe. It sounds like your sounds like your first girlfriend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Doesn't sound like my first girlfriend at all. Uh, championship winners, yes or no? Uh, and again, just a fun uh, thing. I'll uh, never hold you to it. I will. I'll never hold you to it. Are we looking at the championship, the early front runner for championships? So, Sam, you said who had the highest, twenty nine to thirty two. Who had? It was Stockholm Hearts uh, have have the our our favourites, um, and I would have to say yes because my worry with their big rivals this season, Paris Panthers, is that their top riders will have other duties and they don't have the depth like Peter Fredrickson has. I think Peter Fredrickson can hold this team up with one hand because he is only taking one hand. He's only taking his left hand to, to Doha and it's exciting. Christian K and Hansen, H&M Christian K and, and Hansen, they they are two top class horses. But, he's but got, it's not he, catch me not and all in. Exactly. He's got catch me not and all in ready for maybe Miami or somewhere else. But if, if And I think Peter loves this. I think, I think we'll see him and I think we'll be busy. Um, my brain says no, no, it's it's Paris Panthers. Is that because? But when no, I no, asked you Paris and I said yes, you shook your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that because? It's all right, you can have one, I'll have yeah. the other. Is, is that because I underestimate the Philippines brothers? Uh, probably, probably. I, I, I mean, you look at what Katanga did in uh, for Nicola Philippines in uh, in in Prague last year. You know. It, absolutely exceptional in the final the biggest pressure um that you can you can put on a horse uh my favorite my favorite name in in the league H&M Chili Willy coming through for him behind yeah. as well but okay Chili Willy passed away yep. last year so okay. yeah so uh, but but okay he didn't compete uh, so he didn't compete at all in um what's it in uh, in the league last year um 
but okay, yeah, Katanga, Moya is stepping up. He's got guys um, as well. So there are uh, maybe yeah, there are three. I think, but I think what you have to, I think with these top teams, um, if they will, if they will commit Katanga to the two rounds, to round one, round mm -hmm. two. This, the, the, that's that's the big balance that, that we see the whole time in, in GCL as well. Are they going to switch horses? Are they going to switch riders? But we do frequently see the same horse-rider combination mm. do both rounds. It also depends on the performance on the day. If and when there is a problem in round one and you come home in 12, then decisions are made. If you're jumping double clear in round one, then more often than not in round two, unless there is a very, very strategic decision to change it, things will remain the same. It comes back to having the availability, having the options. If and when you jump a 12 and a 4 and you only have two top riders there, that is not the case for Paris. That's not the case for Stockholm. And this is where I feel they do get so far ahead of everyone else. We spoke about the Paris lineup. We look at the Stockholm lineup. It's and that is a big a value dip every week. Of, of Katanga, for example, or Legend of Love, those are horses that don't jump 8. They jump clear of 4. Mm -hmm. And that's why your calculations will be right. Okay, yes, Stockholm Hearts. Let's move it along. Saint Tropez Pirates. The lineup for 2022: Daniel Doiser, Athena Onassis, Jerome Gary. Huge, huge coup for them. Massive, massive acquisition. Olivier Robert, who had an outstanding year as far as the LGCT is concerned. Two Grand Prix victories on two different horses: uh, Magog du Magonier, uh, Van Gogh du Magonier, and Vivaldi. Uh, Mikey Penda stays on. And Adam Morgan comes in, 225 riders for Sandra Pay Pirates. Can we go straight to Jerome Guerry? Obviously coming from, from Monaco Aces last year. They are now defunct. He now jumps over to Sandra Pay Pirates. Sam, I I always felt that he was a really tenacious character, a real dogged fighter of a of a jumper. Do his numbers suggest that Jerome Guerry is the the really strong acquisition that I hope I'm not making a fool of myself no. now and claiming that he is. He absolutely is, and again, we we can look through we can look through GC history, but for me, the one recent piece of form that really stands out for this horse and and really states his his place as a world class horse, it was actually the uh, the top ten class in in Geneva at the end of last year. Kellum Deuce was right between Explosion and King Edward. Uh, you know that that's where that's the kind of company that this horse can keep himself in. Um, Jerome will, he I I think we'll see Kelomdus used plenty in GC, and I and I could see him being potentially one of the horses of the season. This is a world world class horse. So I listened to your Equi Ratings podcast um, about uh, the Husky Man. Yeah. <laughs> so the Aradeus is in France near Nantes where he was born or at least where he was co-owned there that's why he's called the Us. thank you because I, I mean I would never trust my 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 co-host uh, Dermot Byrne to to give me anything but um yeah strange strange things so what a husky man is something that we can park <laughs> <laughs> the we've, man of who's. we've spoken about underachievers already in this series and I wonder if Saint-Tropez falls into that title. I remember them winning in Paris. Uh, that was Olivier Robert and Danny G. Waldman last year. I remember their very good victory under the Eiffel Tower. But do they fall into the category of talent that doesn't come to the party and maybe uh, get over the line the way they should if you look at the individual availability of, of talent here? Um, there's a few things to, to, to point out, I think, around uh, Central Bay Pirates. A, it's also a, a five-man team. We didn't see Athena Onassis contribute last year, first because of an injury, then because of, I think, um, uncomfort, not, not yet comfortable enough to step into the season at the end of the season when, when it's all rough and tough and high and big when it comes down to the placings and the points in the championship. Um, Daniel Doiser only appeared a handful of times at the end of the season. Mm. So that makes it a four-man team. With and to go four men throughout a grueling season like the GCL is, yeah. and then you are going to be exposed. And then they started horribly in Doha, where the Vos was eliminated. Not, not, not eliminated, but where the Vos had the run out in, uh, in the combination with, uh, with Claire, something that turned his season upside down. Um, so, yeah. And, and I think even, and I have to be careful with what I'm going to say, Danny G. Walden also barely competed for the team mm. five rounds she was a mid-season transfer was she not? yeah 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 so um so nearly no appearances from her that would make it a three-man team 
where Mikey Pender really had the chance to step up and shine. Um, but so do they that lack, is perspective. Do they lack the resources to to be super competitive in 2022? No. They they have. We talk about Peter Fredrickson holding up uh, Stockholm Hearts with one hand if he has to. Deutscher can do the same. Exactly. Deutscher but will he be called upon week in and week out? That's a different story. Will he be called upon? Yes. Will he will, be will, available? Yeah. That really answered. That's a different story. What are Deutscher's ambitions? For me, he has he has he has two exceptional horses on rating. So you know the the very sort of top ten in the world type horses uh, with Killer Queen and Tobago Z. Uh, and then he's got uh, Jasmine and he's got Callisto Blue. Again, really, really top top horses. So, uh, And he has, other, he has other horses coming through as well, which again would look strong on on, on many of the, the average team in the league. So Deusser has the firepower to, to um, campaign GCL week in, week out. Um, if, if that's his choice, he, he does. He's, he's got the ammunition in his stable. Um, he's got Jerome Guri brings um, good firepower as well. I think he, I think Jerome Guri would be the star man on over half of the teams in the league for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Probably two thirds of the team. I think he'd be the star. Mikey Pender and Olivia Robert are going to determine whether Saint-Tropez Pirates finish in the top four this season or not. And and you, you, we know. You can say that Pender and Robert are going to commit. There is no doubt. Mm. I think Gerry is also ready to go a very long way. I think the same of Adam Morgan. The question is, he has never been exposed at this level. Neither have his horses. So for him, that's going to be a massive, massive test. Um, they, they can't rely on him. Then there's Athena Onassis um, with two or three horses, but she hasn't shown... the. the there is a, already a lack of competitiveness. Let's hope that there is confidence mm. because she can jump clears with three time faults. Mm. Okay, that's also a different story that we need to address later on. Um, so it, it's going to be about Mikey Pender. It's going to be about Olivier Robert. It's going to be about Jérôme Guéry. Then maybe if Doiser how much Doiser is going to give. Now, Doiser also had to handle a few injuries last year. Maybe that's also why he wasn't always available. Um, and then it's um, the addition of Adam Morgan. Is he going to make it a five-man team? And is Athena going to make it a six-man team? So here's, here's, there's a risk of it being a six-man team, uh, a four-man team, sorry. I question their depth. And it's, I think it's going to, the longer the season goes on, I think the more exposed they'll get. But the, the, the thing for me is that is that if Jerome Guri and Daniel Doiser are on the start list, and if Killer Queen and Callum Deus yep. are, yeah, are, are on the horse box, mm. I don't think there's a better team in the league. But so here comes the question that we've been talking about as well. This, you know, over these four episodes, is Paris that, Panthers maybe Paris Panthers could <laughs> they could they yeah, explosion and there there would be a better. They are they are different categories of brilliance here. There's those that have it and will be able to use it every week. There's those that don't have it and wish they did. Then maybe. You have a team like Sandra Bay Pirates who have it but might not be able to use it every single week. So yes, you can you can put together a Hollywood lineup here of Daniel Deutzer, Killer Queen, and Jerome Gary and put together a, a superstar lineup that could well win you a GCL event. But it comes back to, as we said, commitment that you've spoken about a lot, Sam, over these four episodes is how often will that Hollywood lineup be available and take up the offer? to come week in and week out to compete in the GCL. Because you you can put any team together in the world. If they're not going to match and mix together over the weekends, it doesn't matter. Because Peter Fredriksson and Mali, Peter Fredriksson has got the multiple superstars. Dozier has got multiple superstars. Mayer has got one. Um, I, I'm just thinking superstars. Van Eckerman has got one. So there's not many people that have got... Two. two superstars. There's a lot of people that have got two good horses, but superstars, it's actually Doyser and Peter Fredriksson. Correct. Yeah. So if Doyser comes out week in and week out, or at least more than what we saw in 2021 with Jerome Guerry and Olivier Robert, two-time LGCT winner alone in 2021, and Mikey Pender, who's been consistently improving. Can you imagine being a team manager and listening to this podcast? You put down your headphones and you call Doyser, no? You yeah, say yeah. you say Daniel, we'll see you in we'll we'll see you in Doha, we'll see you in Miami, we will see you throughout the year. Um, let me answer that question. No, not in Doha. 
Juventus, basically. Who is in Doha? Um, for them, they have got Jérôme uh, Guerri, Napoli van Nederhassenhof and Kilom de Hus. Yeah. Now, Kilom de Hus, we know, Napoli, I saw him in Oliva earlier this year, I think second or third in the Grand Prix. It's a very green horse. I don't think you've got him that high on your rating just yet. No. Oh, my, oh, my. Oh, as a brutal, brutal quality. Oh, what a horse. That's <laughs> really super exciting. So very coincidentally, and thanks to the alphabet, a reminder again, we've broken these teams down by the alphabet. It leaves us with the defending champions of Falcons United as our 16th and final team to, to unpack. There's no denying that there is a gaping hole left by Peter Fredrickson, who will now go on to anchor Stockholm Hearts. Edwina Tops Alexander will most likely carry that crown and, and become the, the, the new anchor for Falkensvart United. Michael Sanning stays with the team, and we didn't perhaps see him as much as many would have liked throughout 2021. Um, he did go on to, to jump Doha and actually win it with Peter Fredrickson, the first event of last year. So we want to see more of, of Michael Sanning throughout 2022. Maurice Tebel comes in from, uh, Miami, Kel uh, from yeah, yeah. Miami Celtics, yes. Gilles Thomas hangs around. John Whitaker becomes a very exciting inclusion. We know the wonderful fairy tale storyline that came through with him earning a golden ticket in London and going all the way to the Super Grand Prix in Prague. John Whitaker will now be a member of Falkensvart United, as will Laura Kraut, who now comes from the defunct Monaco Aces to Falkensvart. Laura Kraut, again, Olympic rider, very established, loads of credibility, loads of talent. I don't think that this is the championship winning team of 2021. I don't think it's fair to put that all on Peter Fredrickson's uh, departure. But I wonder if Frederick John Whittaker, I, I think because of availability, he'll probably be willing to commit and available to commit to a lot of legs. But whether or not he'll jump everyone, I'm not too sure. But if you have Laura Krauts and Marcus Eining and Maurice Table and Edwina Tops Alexander. Yeah, but it's not names, it's combinations. You have to look at that in, in that perspective. So Whittaker, two good horses, Unique de Franport and Charit. Um, then there's Maurice Tebel, whose life has been turned upside down. His two best horses left him. He moves to Staltops, uh, where he finds the horses basically of Alberto Zorzi. Um, I'm just going through uh, through the results here that he jumped uh, since Oliva, because he, he only started um, three weeks ago at uh, at Staltops. has jumped a lot of um, clears and, and, and just a few time folds. Um, but that is going to be... He's going to have to do it with those horses. And then I'm thinking of horses like um, Clarina, and Kinsey, mm. and and maybe Tempo de Vauban, and horses like that. So so, it's not no longer the more restable with with Chaco Son or with Don Diarado. Is the, what he finds at at Stal Tops? Mm. Is it straight away? Is the combination straight away strong enough to produce something for the reigning champion? That's a that's a really interesting question. Gilles Thomas. Um, is going to be um, an interesting uh, rider for the team because Thomas, in my opinion, wasn't used enough last year mm. and is even the more interesting. So I think Gilles Thomas will, uh, will be playing a, a bigger name and will be making a bigger name for himself, I think. Sam, who on numbers then would be the best combination for Falcons Vought United? Because again, it comes the question that Edwina Tops Alexander cannot compete at every event. But of those events that she can, she will naturally start and most probably ride both rounds. So then it becomes a question as to who will partner Tops Alexander at these events, whether it be Laura Kraut or Mark Saining, Maurice Tebel, etc. But on those weekends that she is not available, what do the numbers say are the best possible lineups for Falcons Watch United put up each and every week? It's Laura Kraut. Uh, Laura mm. Kraut with um, Balatinu and, yeah. and, and, and Kung Fu, I suppose. But, but Balatinu is... Um, yeah, but it's, it's Balotelli. I mean, he, he um, I, and but the 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 while you're hesitant is so. If if y y this is not to do down Laura Kraut, I think um, absolutely exceptional. Has 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 everything. Has the has the history. Has the GC history. Um, has good horsepower. It's the fact that that the job she has to do is to come in and replace Peter Fredrickson, really. That's the way well, that's a job that no one will can do because of who he is and what he was able to achieve. So the way I see it, and I know I'm fighting you on semantics now, but no one will fill that hole. So now it's about 
evolving and changing the setup. You've made a lot of football references over the last couple of episodes. No one will ever replace Lionel Messi. They have to find a way to replace the gap left by him at Barcelona. No one will replace Cristiano Ronaldo. They have to find a way to remold the team. So no one will step into the boots of Pedro Fredriksen. So of those who do come in, how do they how do they carry the 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 weight left by that? Do they go to the experience of John Whitaker? Do they go to the the exciting talent of Gilles Thomas? Does Laura Kraut come in? There's it must be such a difficult thing to do. I, th- I think you're you're going to have to blend. You're going to have to try and and create Petter through the through the sum of two parts. You're going to have to look at his his very top uh, the, the best version of Petter. I think Laura can um, can perform at the very top level. She can deliver in the toughest the toughest legs. So I think she comes in as as the big person for the big day, uh, and then where Petter had a third and fourth string horse. That's where I think you're going to have to call on. Um, firstly, you have John Whitaker who to come in. He's not an under twenty five rider, but he's um, he's more than capable, and he will do. He he will he will be exactly what you need. The numbers man, it'll be nothing. Fa- it'll just be this is where this is where you need you go and go and do what you do. Jump clear rounds. Gilles Thomas is is going to be going the right way. If I I tell you in terms of stepping into people's shoes, the person who actually has to do that more more. Um, kind of figuratively is as you mentioned Frederick Maurice Tebel um, Alberto Zorzi last year 10 rounds 7 clears he was on that incredible run remember we spoke about it extensively on the lives he was what 6 for 6 mm-hmm. at one stage he was yeah. 6 for 6 clears so really clinical not not a, not a huge number but really clinical um, and and so Maurice has to has to take over those um, those horses and 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 try and perform to that level with that efficiency, which is again a tall order. So I, I I think on I'm not saying he's not capable, but I'm saying that's a lot of pressure to do in a short space of time. So I think f- for that reason, for the reason that they lost Petter, and also we last year we had them, they were our top rated team. I was just going to ask you for another comparative lineup. Yeah. Can you give me 21 versus 22? So, so well they, they were they were our top rated team um but we only had them to we we forecasted them to to score 252 points ahead of Paris Panthers who were 251 they s- absolutely smashed, smashed that. that they smashed it so they um th- that that is a yes with a with a team like Valkensward with the the history and you know they're going to commit to the league you know you have a Duina Tops Alexander who's going to perform above above what the paper says because just the, the ability to to extract performance uh, from from the horses to mm. perform in this league is absolutely there so I think they can I'm, I wouldn't bet against them to overperform slightly but can you overperform by 62 points again like which is absolutely huge uh, and and they're down they're down on they have been hurt a little bit by the by the transfer window so their forecast only has them fourth um, for us for this season. So if they were to get into a Super Cup semi-final spot, they would be seen as a, a big yeah. victory yeah, for yeah. this team. On the on the plus side, Edwina Tops Alexander, actually she had identity in the beginning of the season and then it was only fellow Castlefield. Identity isn't back just yet, or isn't jumping just yet, um, but fellow is. And there's a few other horses coming back. There's Katenda, um, I saw her jumping with uh, with Bacardi in, uh, in Oliva, so her, her depth is... Deepening, widening, strengthening, whatever, bigger. Getting um, better. Aining yeah. <laughs> um, retired Pré-Atou and Comilfo. Mm-hmm. Laura Crowd never jumped Balotinho so far on a GC event, which you have to take into consideration. She lost Goldwyn to Mike Y. So there's a lot of pros and cons where, in general, I would say the team is um, weakened. Um, we can look at it from a few positive angles, uh, with Grant and, and Balutinho um, and Aining still a being Aining, but Aining, th- it's it's Comilfone that goes away and it's Prea too that goes away. Two clear round machines, without a doubt. Um, so it's more than just Peter Fredriksson. It's also Aining, yeah. whose string of horses is weakened. And that is what uh, what worries me because um, uh, John Whitaker, he is going to produce clears and force. And so will uh, will uh, Gilles Thomas and Laura Kraut uh, with uh, with Confu just the same. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, 
but I don't I don't know if we'll see Balutinu in in global champions, and then it's just kung fu. So you, you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's are we confident in that a top four finish, a spot in a GCL Super Cup semi final, would be seen as a a major victory for them going into this new season? Yeah, I, I think so. They're the ones that I would. Um, Oppose. You're only with with your with with what the numbers are saying to you. You're only being guided, and maybe this is maybe this is the danger. Maybe I'm falling into the trap again because maybe it's it's New York Empire don't don't perform to their level that they should again, and Valkensward overperform because they absolutely love this league again. So maybe I'm being foolish, but for me, I I, I would actually go the other way. I think that. I think that we could see a team like New York or, or Prague Lions getting into the top four this time. And I think it's Valkenswart that are the vulnerable ones. Because I, I imagine anybody who signs for Valkenswart United will know what the priorities of the team are. I don't think that you, oh, I hope you, you come and ride for us and then uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll All give the you best. the space. Yeah, yeah no, no. Uh, you, can, you can come and compete, but we expect A, B and C. That's how management works, I think. So that's the only thing that, um, if we talk about commitment, mm-hmm. maybe there is a surprise in Balutinu. Mm. You, you understand what I mean? That there's that j- just might be um, that we'll see um, a strong, an even stronger Laura crowd. Yeah, and that will be to their benefit. Yeah. and and if they aren't able to challenge for the title, as we said, getting into a Super Cup semi-final will be a wonderful achievement. There's there are a couple of things we still want to chat about outside of the teams because essentially that wraps up all 16 teams over these four episodes of the GC podcast. But maybe to close, Sam, if you can remind us, we said Stockholm first, Paris second. Just remind me then, according to the numbers, who the forecasted top three teams for the season would be based on numbers? We we really rate the presence of Daniel Doyser. We expect him to to contribute with alongside there with Jerome Gurry, Olivia Robert, Mikey Pender. It's Saint Tropez Pirates are our third. Okay. Um, there is a there is a ten point gap between them and the top two. Um, a little bit more of a gap then to Valkensward, Prague Lions, New York Empire, then Shanghai Swans. That could be the Ooh. team that we have lo- that that we have too low. Oof. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that is, that is let the games begin. I like that. Um, officially a wrap of our of our 16 competitors that will be competing in the 2022 GCL season. And according to Sam Watson from Equi Ratings, he's given us not just the top three, but top eight already as to how that shapes up and how close to the ratings will they find themselves over and underperforming. We will have the joy of dissecting that later on in the year. Two things quickly before we say goodbye. One, firstly, Frederick, I believe that there has been a very significant adaption to a rule that has been made ahead of the 2022 season with regards to time faults. So maybe just clarify for us what time faults looked like in 2021 and how and why it will be such a big difference because we are entering a brand new era of time faults this year, correct? Yeah, and it will have um, no other branch that in GCL will have such a big effect will have the biggest effect in Global Champions League. So in the past, time allowed was 80 seconds, for example. Um, and if you scored 80.01 or 81 or 82 or 83.9, no, 84 even, 84.00, you were, you had one time fault. 84.01 was a second time fault. 85 uh, was also still a second, uh, still a second time fault. 86 was a second time fault. So to now, clarify, you had a really big gap yeah, that would only cost it's, you it's, a single penalty. Uh, it's a time fault per four seconds. Which is huge. Yeah, it's it's comfortable because yeah. the, the impact of being half a second outside the time allowed was the same as being three and a half seconds outside the time allowed. Now, um, it's a time fault per second. Oof. So everything from time allowed 80 seconds, 81.01 till, uh, sorry, 80.01 till 81 is one time fault. 81.01 is a second time fault. So now so there's second a second per second per second, yeah. point per point per point. And that can be a, a real big impact because you're not just riding for the... If you're clear and you take the time fault on the chin if, if you have to, that happens. But you can't take the second time fault because it's only 
hundreds and tens of seconds away from where, where you'll finish. So it's, it's going to have an, an, an enormous impact. It's going to change it completely. Because no rider should ever be looking to be five seconds over the time, but it meant that you basically could be four seconds over and still just pick up a single time fault. So now this new rule, the inclusion of uh, this, this new rule suggesting that with every second comes an additional time fault. So if ever there is a run out or any form of problem, that rider even more so than ever in the past is going to be penalized harder and harder and harder the longer they take to to get over that final fence. So that is going to be very significant for the year. It's going to be something very interesting for uh, for you too, Sam, accurating the difference between jumping faults and time faults and that impact on, on statistics as well. Um, which rider is vulnerable and which horse is vulnerable for time faults? In which class? Which... Uh, venue is vulnerable for uh, for time faults. Which course designer is vulnerable for time faults? There's so much uh, new stuff, impact, yeah. yeah, ingredients coming into this uh, 2022 season that is going to make it's going to be a big impact. A runout before you had a runout, and if you jumped clear, you came home with four plus one, four plus two. Now that's going to be four, four plus, plus four, four plus five before yeah. you know it. So that's completely going to change the game. And you're right. Look, looking at horse, looking at the that the riders that were already getting multiple the slower time faults. Side, yeah. So you, so if if in the old system you were getting two or three time faults, and as you mentioned, Athena Nassis did that three times. So that that that, that is uh, or has done it three times in 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 the GCL uh, history side of things. Um, that's hugely expensive now. What was two time faults is now five, six, or seven. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as you said, then all of a sudden a round of of six turns into a round of, of 10, 11, depending on, yeah. on when you're able to come home. So it, it will certainly affect scores drastically. So um, something to look out for for the GCL 2022 season, the new rule implemented around time faults that now per second there will be a penalty that will come through. Before we go, El Shakab, Doha, first event of the year just around the corner. Um, uh, v- vaccinated, boosted, um, tested, um Ready, hazmat uh, um, suit uh, ready to go n- not that far <laughs> um uh, visa checked double checked passport checked double checked plane, so tickets you, you will be on the let's plane let's go you are ready to go uh, i'll ask sam just how al shakab generally plays in comparison but from a, a personal point of view frederick first event of the year it was the first event last year how you feel al shakab plays how it rates there with the riders, how it rates for you personally. Where does where does Al Shakab, where does Doha sit? Al Shakab is is bizarre because it's the um, first leg of the season. Ask any rider that has jumped a Grand Prix in Al Shakab, and they say it's one of the biggest of the season in terms of height. Is that tough to open? Such like a that? big arena. Yeah. So you have to come there in flying form. Is that a word? Flying yeah, form. Yeah, absolutely. Great form. Um, Straight away, my mind goes to H&M Indiana, who hasn't jumped since. So, um, yeah, you have to... It's it's big because it's such a big arena. Um, if you come from jumping indoors, now we haven't had many indoors because of uh, because of COVID and, and, and Corona. Um, but if you come from an indoor mentality and you go to Al-Shakab, um, you get... Um, slapped in the fa- slapped in the face with a wet towel because it's huge and it's big and you have to canter and it's it's it's, it's different riding than what you're used to in in indoors here in in Europe or wherever you, you're flying from. Okay, challenging. Sam is is it, is the 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 claim from Frederick. Do the numbers suggest that that the El Shakab when riders go to Doha that the, how do the numbers compare to the rest of the season? Where does it sit? It has that reputation. You have to park GCT. We're having a GCL conversation and the f- the facts. Are is that this is this venue uh, over the last three years has the or the last three seasons and okay 2020 not a full season but 2019 2021 full seasons uh, it has the highest clear rate. Oh wow! So you have to you and and it's it's a real gap and that's know? a big contrast. You're talking yeah, about a really, really big challenging ring yet somehow it produces the the best clear rates across the year. And while and while we say 2020 wasn't a full season, 2020 Doha. What, what did happen, real. but it wasn't a full season. So, yeah. so you know, uh, 2019, 78% clear rate in round wow. one. That's ridiculously high. 60, 
69.9%. I am going blind. That was his eyesight <laughs> trying to get closer to his screen. 63% last season. Uh, that's round one. Round two harder, 31%, 43%, 50%. So, but it, it, it averages out. It's it's 70, 40. What you're telling us is that there is, and this is what I'm assuming will, will come through throughout the broadcast, is that there is no room for error in Doha. If the clear age is incredibly high, it means that every fence that falls could see you fall right out of the podium. There is no gap and you might need a speed, you know, this is, and I know Concrete Am isn't going for sanitizing, but that's, uh, again, you're thinking of the of the horses that have a little bit of foot speed because you need them both, you know, for round two, get your, get your clear on the board in round one. But what we could see, which would be quite exciting for a season opener, is to have all of these key contenders that we've been talking about going into the second round on zero. Mm. And then possibly even, even position i think you're probably overthinking and as a manager this is probably getting a little bit dangerous but to think about being pretty quick and efficient in round one uh just so that you have a good position to go last in in round two and you know mm. what the live the land is i was going to make a comment straight away about time folds and uh, with the new rule that we just addressed uh, but only two runners with a time fault over two rounds um there were only 15 teams there uh in in doha last year but only two um collected a time fault over two rounds how was that in the year before? It's actually fairly the same. So yeah, it doesn't produce that many time faults either because it's so easy to to get lost in Al Shakab. But apparently, well, it means that if anyone is coming out of of round one on eight, it it may well be game over for you already going into round two on the Saturday. It also means that, as you said, Saturday might become a speed class. But if I, if a if a whole handful of teams have jumped double clear or four and clear, we don't know, but. It might make for a very, very interesting Saturday if the clear age remains in place ahead of GCL round two, where now it turns into a speed class on Saturday. But I think the significance of it is that it, it has a reputation. It comes early in the season and you you know, you know, you have to travel halfway across the world to get there. And I think that, that for that reason, you get the best going there prepared and, and they are performing. And looking at the looking at the start list and the entry list, uh, GCL 2022 is going to get off to a absolutely flying yeah. start. And they've jumped there the week before as well, so they know the ring, they've jumped there. They Bit feel of comfortable. Comfort. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, it should make for fantastic viewing. That will be on GCTV. Make yes. sure you join us from 3rd of March, round one on the 3rd, round two on the 5th. Uh, everything will be broadcast on GCTV. Of course, your access pass will get you all the studio activity, and then your live and pro will get you every second of both rounds of the GCL and, of course, the LGCT Grand Prix on Saturday as well. So thank you, Sam Watson, for making the trip out. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Please travel safe back to Ireland. We appreciate your time. Frederick DeBucker, always wonderful. Thank you for hosting us, by the way. We haven't said this, but Frederick DeBucker is hosting us today. Thank you for allowing us into You're your welcome. home. We did, did you it. did you enjoy the lunch? It was amazing. We had a fantastic lunch, catered for, beautiful, treated like real rock stars today. So thank you for that. We look forward to catching up with you uh, ahead of Doha. Super. Yep. I can't wait. And that is it. Don't forget all four of these episodes of our GC podcast available for you. Go listen to episode one through to four and get a far better understanding on how the lineup for 2022 and the Global Champions League will look throughout the rest of the year. Thank you for listening and we will see you in Doha. Bye-bye. 